live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night reel. America's Voice. Glad you're in. Me and Delgado hanging out here for a little bit. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. You're dressing very nicely today. You got the Herman Munster look going. <laughs> I'm the what? <laughs> the Herman Munster look. I could have used that today. I had to go to court. Why? Uh, Who small sued cla- you? Small claims oh, court. Oh, no. Small claims court, the uh, the former tenant uh, that we have a little cottage on our property. Uh, very funny story. He decided to leave, which was fine. We had no problems with him. It was He was a good tenant for the last four and a half years. Yeah. Um, stayed an extra couple days, so I had to charge him for the extra couple days, you know, as he's cleaning up and putting everything together. And, you know, he left a little bit of damage, which we had to take care of. And so I deducted that from the, uh, from the uh, deposit. And he didn't take too kindly to it, so he sued me. Okay. For double. Well, we live in a very litigious society these days. Yes. So. And it was very funny because he was asking for punitive damages. Oh. Punitive, <laughs> punitive huh? damages. Small claims court. Punitive uh-huh. damages. The judge looked at him. He's like, punitive damages? Where'd you get that from? He's like, uh, uh, I don't know. He goes, was it in the lease? He's like, no. Uh, how much did you come up with? <laughs> Would you, were you in New York City for this? Or was this? <laughs> it was crazy. It hey, was crazy. Um, hey, G, I can still hear everything going on in there. Just get the, <laughs> cut the mic. would be great. Uh, Gio and Fran here. Aaron holding it down as well. France is back. Fran's back from vacation. It's good to have Fran back. Uh, Fran was uh, gone for the week. and I'm so disappointed I came back to this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, that's that's just that's just not exactly the welcome I was hoping to get from you. I played music all week, by the way, out here struggling, and uh, people seem to like some of what I played, Fran. Well, I mean, I think I only like some of your music too. (laughs) Well, we're happy to have you back, and Aaron's back tonight. We're happy to have her too, and Geo's here, and. well, this is Gio's last week with the show. I haven't really talked oh, much about this. I know. You haven't said anything. But Gio's leaving on to uh, other things in life. And um, Aaron's here. And Aaron is doing... I, I can't really... I don't even know how to put into words what Aaron has done in just a short amount of time. What she's taken on to, and learned from Gio. It's been just extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. And of course, Gio, as I, I've said, I said, you know... Well, whatever. We don't need to get into all of it. I just said if Gio ever left, I would n- never do the show again. But uh, I've changed my mind, obviously. <laughs> because <laughs> that, I have no that choice. That didn't last too long, huh? I have no choice but to change my mind. So Gio's moving on to other things. And now Aaron's here. And Aaron is doing unbelievably... She has gotten everything thrown at her but the kitchen sink here in, in, in about six days. Not even. And she's doing tremendous. So yeah. basically, this that's Damon's way of saying, "Geo, um, I'm going to forget about you pretty quick." No, no, it's not, that's that's <laughs> a that's a dirty, rotten lie. So I'll never. Um, Geo's the original here, so almost the original. So he's the original in my mind. So um, lots to do. Don Brown's going to join us at the bottom of the uh, hour to talk about uh, what's going on in New York City. Uh, and his uh, piece today, Alvin Bragg's end run around the Constitution. And Mr. Brown's a former U.S. Navy JAG officer, and he's the author of the book Travesty of Justice, uh, the shocking prosecution of Lieutenant Clint Lawrence. And if you remember, I believe President Trump actually granted uh, Lieutenant Lawrence clemency during the Trump administration 
enough we'll have time to get into that story, but we're going to get into his piece today about what's going on in New York City, Alvin Bragg's end run around the Constitution. Uh, we'll talk about that, and I guess we'll just start with the update of where we are here um, based on yesterday. First of all, I want to welcome all our friends in the Getter chat. Uh, we'll get to them as well. Good to have you in here live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday, Real America's Voice. Lots to get to. Uh, but the We're Daily Mail, his I guess, piece has today the, uh, about what's going on I in could, New York. Maybe I could just turn that off so we don't have to listen back to it. It would be a great <laughs> idea, Damon. Good, thanks. Okay. Uh, the Daily Mail, exclusive, Trump will not be arraigned this week. Now, let me just say this. Uh, all these articles that reference um, source familiar, source close to, sometimes I don't even... You have to take it for what it's worth. So if there's no, you know, there's no specifics here. So I'm just going to give you what they say. Doesn't mean any of this is right. But uh, this is the most up-to-date stuff I could find. Daily Mail, Trump will not be arraigned this week. Former president is expected to be indicted tomorrow. And Secret Service will make plans for his surrender and appearance in New York court next week. Source familiar with the proceedings exclusively told dailymail.com on tuesday there'll be no arraignment this week trump is expected to be indicted wednesday after which the da's office will reach out to his secret service detail to make arrangements for his surrender all 36,000 nypd officers are in uniform or on notice for deployment after trump called for his supporters to protest his imminent indictment uh, from the Daily Mail, Donald Trump will likely be indicted on Wednesday, but won't appear before a judge in New York until next week. There will be no arraignment this week. The former president, who is currently in Florida, is expected to be formally charged tomorrow, after which the Manhattan District Attorney's Office will reach out to Trump and the Secret Service to make arrangements. Meanwhile, it's all hands on deck in the New York Police Department. There's been a lot of reporting about what's going on in the New York Police Department, a lot of reporting what's going on in this office. Again, I can't speak to uh, the specifics of any of it. Some of it has come from John Cardillo, who some of you see on this network on different shows, who I believe was a former NYPD officer. So I think we could probably take what we hear from him pretty credible because he's probably got people there who are friends who are still there. Um, and at least according to him and in, in most, most of what I've read, that it's chaos that there's a lot of people who don't want to be involved with this, a lot of people who clearly see um, the political pro prosecution here unjustly of your political opponent, which is clear. I think most of them also think that whatever was to happen on the, in the trial courts will certainly get overturned at the higher courts. So uh, this is all about a sideshow of getting, that, um, getting the ability to say, we got them. Which is, as I've told you since I've done this show, since 2015, that's been their only goal. And we've heard that they've got him how many times? So I don't know, 400? Oh my goodness. The, wall, the walls have been closing in since he came down the escalator. Yeah, the walls have closed in so much that yeah. they're reversed now and going the opposite direction. That's how far they've closed in. Right. They've gone through each other. Uh, but here you go. This is what they, you know, as we said yesterday, this is what they've dreamed about. This is what everybody at the Times, the Washington Post, CNN, ABC, MSNBC, you can go through down the list. This is the day, and this is the day, and, and um, they'll use this day tomorrow. They'll use whatever, whatever pictures we get, whatever, whatever information we get about fingerprinted and mug shots and all of the, all of the, the buzzwords will be used to, um, to mock and make fun of and just rejoice in this day. 
And uh, in the end, I would I would say my guess is whatever happens on the in the trial court here, if if it goes that far, will get overturned in any other court it goes to. The idea that somehow the former president's going to spend any time in some kind of confinement is even more absurd than the actual indictment itself, I would think. But, you know, we live in perilous times here. Because if you start, if you read up on people who have looked at this, and I, can, I just report on what I've read. I'm certainly no legal mind, but you listen to the legal minds who um, obviously understand what a joke this is. But this is where we're at. If they can do it, if they can do it to him, if they can do it to the, who was the guy who the Justice Department after the lower court said, this is not worth our time, the Department of Justice, Hawk. Yeah, the guy out of Pennsylvania who was, uh, who had his kid in front of a, uh, yes. an abortion clinic. They can go to Hawk's house. They can get the former president of the United States. Do you think for some reason they can't be, um, they can't get to you? Well, I mean, I, I think we've seen over the last, what, six years, they've gone after just about everyone in Trump's orbit. Anyone who's anyone, they've tried, you know, who knows what behind the scenes to try to get them on something. Uh, any friends that he've had, uh, some of the names are escaping me right now. But, you know, it, it's the whole bash down the door at 3 a.m., 200 cops show up, CNN happens to be there, somehow they got tipped off, and uh, they go for the big, uh, it's the big dog and pony show. It's a big show. For them, it's all about the show. Why? Because the actual facts, they can't really, they can't really talk about those. Because the, the, the actual facts don't really stand up to the light of day. So what do they do? They know most of the people who believe, who, uh, these liberal Democrats who are Democrats these days, you know, that they, they just want to see, they, they, they feed them the red meat. Here it is. Here you go. And they lap it up like, like the little sheep that they are because that's what they want. Meanwhile, and it's funny because I see so much, you know, all these these radio people and liberals and this and that. Uh, uh, are you going to, you know, uh, I saw an old clip of uh, uh, Ebro from Hot 97. I, I know Ebro, uh, but he's asking Alvin Bragg at the time he's running for office, are you going to arrest Trump? And my question is, hey, before you get to the arrest part, what what's the charge? What's the crime? I mean, from what from what the way the, the the way they they frame this whole thing is, we found our person. Now arrest him and find a crime. That's not how justice is supposed to work. And unfortunately, that's where we have turned into. That's what this country now is looking at. We're staring at it. We thought, oh, this is reserved for you know those faraway third world countries. Well, guess what? That's where we are. We're staring at it right in the mirror, and it turns out it's us. Yeah. And it's because of the Democrats. Because non- they can't win, so they have to do everything else. Yeah, non-dis- a non-disclosure agreement um, is not a campaign contribution. And what's laughable is, I wonder how many of these the Manhattan DA's office has signed. I'll bet plenty. I'll bet plenty. And by the way, I'll bet none of them have been broken by the people who signed them, like in this case. Because if they did, they would, be, they would be the ones being prosecuted. Because it's a legally binding agreement, an NDA, a non-disclosure. It's not hush money. Now, it may have the same effect. 
It may have the same effect, but it's not hush money, and it's certainly not a campaign contribution. So this is an epic disaster of epic proportions, and as, um, I don't have time to get into it right now, but as Brandon Morris actually says, the day Trump's arrested will be a good, very good day for Trump. Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt it. The I- backfire of the century cometh. And uh, seemingly, that's what we're going to get tomorrow and then into next week. Yeah, it's like a comedy when you see somebody step on a rake and it hits them in the face and they fall back and they step forward again, hits them in the face. That's what Democrats are doing right now. They are a cartoon act. They keep stepping on the rake thinking it's not going to hit them in the face. Guess what? The rake is Donald Trump. And you're idiots. All right, good to have Fran back live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday, just getting started. Lots to do. We'll get to all of it. When we get back, glad to have you in part of the show right after this. talk to you about birch gold C- uh, no not cpi tomorrow but we get the fed meeting big day tomorrow what happens do we get the uh, quarter point raise or do we get a pause now some people say the pause is too much of a, a sign that they're worried and it's going to scare people um into thinking there's a much bigger problem in the banks and i'm here to tell you yeah there is uh it's that we're running the biggest ponzi scheme in the world here with the u.s dollar But that's a story for another day. Uh, But our friends at Birch Gold, gold broke 2,000 today. I think when we started talking about Birch Gold and commodities on this show, gold was around 1,600. And I think I told you it was set up for a good run. 2,000 today. Despite the U.S. blowing through $32 trillion debt ceiling in January, the White House and the Biden administration still refused to reduce spending. Well, that's no surprise to anybody. While our national leadership has buried their heads in the sand when it comes to fiscal responsibility, maybe it's time to pull yours out. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold. In times of high uncertainty and instability, gold remains king because it's dependable. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text AMERICA. Send it to 989898. Claim your free information kit on gold. Then you can talk to one of their precious metal specialists. Think about this. To dig our country out of the mountain of debt, every single taxpayer in America would have to write a check for $247,000, and it's only getting worse. Protect yourself with gold today by texting AMERICA to 989898. Birch Gold, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, countless five-star reviews. You can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Text AMERICA. Send it to 989898. And I would encourage you to do it today. All right, 18, 19 now, past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Real America's Voice, glad you're in. Uh, Rick Delgado's here, doing the uh, going to do the news. Uh, G, just kill the headset. Um, 
Uh, let's get to some of the early. Um, oh, I lost some of them now because the chat's just flying. I was going to get to some of the early <laughs> chats. Some of the here. comments. Some of the early comments. Is Damon still cramping today, or did the cranberry <laughs> juice help? It was a, was one of my early favorites here of the night. That one got a chuckle out of me too. Um, so that that was a good one. <laughs> People do like your jacket. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm not giving Slick Rick any run for his money yet, but um, I'll start to ease the sparkles in. And pretty soon I'll be full-blown Liberace. Don't you worry. Angel Walker Jr. says, wow, Damon has shoulders. <laughs> well, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. Maybe. Are those, uh, are those, those uh, shoulder things? Casey Buck says, uh, no. Casey Buck says, are you going to do sports, Damon? That's not a bad idea. Ooh, not a bad idea. Yeah. I could do some sports. Retired cop. He's he's chiming in. Damon looks like Eddie Munster. Okay, good. There's a good one. Um, so we've got some good comments here. Of course, all shots at me, but that's fine. I I, I can take it. How's your ear hair? How, <laughs> I what? Saw that one. How's, how's your, your ear hair, Damon? <laughs> oh, how's your ear hair? I don't have any. Thank that you. That wasn't me. Okay, very good. I actually. Have all right, that. so keep the uh, keep the lovely comments coming. We love uh, we love that. Um. You want to do news, or you yeah. want me to you want to do? Um, you I want can, me to continue on on this. Uh, well, no, let's let's do news because okay. Don Brown's going to join us to talk about his article. So we're going to do another segment here on on the radical crackpot DA out of Manhattan. So All right. Well, in keeping with the uh, the news theme, is yes. I ahead. didn't introduce it yet. News is Sorry. brought to you. <laughs> Oh, jump of the gun. Everything uh, is so proper now because you're wearing a damn jacket. I don't know what to do with myself. News is brought to you by, where's my tea? News is brought to you by our friends at Early Treatment Meds, all one word, earlytreatmentmeds.com. Now let's do the news with Rick Delgado. What's going on? All right. Well, on, keep, in keeping with the, uh, <laughs> I'm going to stab you. Um, in keeping with the, uh, <laughs> the theme of yesterday and today, as a matter of fact, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis of course, yesterday we played a clip from him. Uh, well, his office went and clarified some, some of, something regarding his statements. Uh, some Republicans um, earlier Monday slammed DeSantis for his remarks to reporters saying he wouldn't get involved in any case brought against Mr. Trump. Mr. DeSantis is considered Mr. Trump's biggest rival for a 2024 Republican uh, nomination. Uh, how, how do we know that? He has not even running. No, I he's know not he's even not running. Right. And how do we know he's going to end up being his biggest rival? How do we know that Nikki Haley's not going to pull better than Skim Milk? Or Tim Scott's not going to find a, some footing? How do, how do we know that? We don't. Okay, good. But this is what they're saying. This and by the way, can I pose a question? Sure. Why is it that we can't like both of them? Just wondering. All right. Okay. Well, critics interpreted his remark to mean that the Florida governor would stand by and allow Mr. Trump's arrest on charges that he paid hush money to an adult performer. Allegations that nearly every Republican, including DeSantis, believes are politically motivated. Uh, The governor's team pushed back, saying Mr. DeSantis has no intention of granting any requests from the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, to extradite the former president from his home in Palm Beach, Florida, to New York City to face trial. If an extradition request from Manhattan crosses the governor's desk, According to DeSantis' aide, he would not fulfill it. So that's what he meant. I guess people were giving him crap about saying, well, we're not going to get involved in that. That's not something for him. In other words, his, he's, and his team said he should have been more clear. They're not going to help them out in New York at all. So if they think they're going to get uh, you know, welcoming Matt from uh, Alvin uh, Gasbag uh, out of New York, 
trying to extradite Trump, it's not going to happen. Mr. Bragg is widely expected to file these criminal charges accusing Mr. Trump of illegal paying an adult performer, Stormy Daniels, during the 2016 presidential race. Uh, Mr. DeSantis denounced Mr. Bragg's pursuit of Mr. Trump during the press conference in Panama City, calling it fundamentally wrong. He told his reporters uh, that the, the office would not be involved in this. We won't be involved in this, adding, I've got real issues I've got to deal with in Florida. We won't be involved with this. But again, he meant we're not going to help them out. We're not going to, you know, if if an extradition order comes across his desk, he's just going to file it in the circular file. So, Right, which I I don't think it makes any difference either way because of Article 4, Clause 2 of the Constitution, I think pretty clearly lays out where the power for this would be. And I don't think the governor has has any power to not only stop it or to to help it or, or be in any way, shape, or form any affect it uh, and affect it in either either way he's a he's a the way i i'm not a constitutional expert that the way i read it there's no there's nothing he would be able to do in anyways right all right well senator uh ron uh, Rand paul is piped up did you hear about this one Coming from just the news, um, Kentucky Republican Senator Rand Paul, one of our favorites and soon to be friend of the show, uh, called for imprisoning Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg on Tuesday ahead of possible arrest of former President Trump. He said a Trump indictment would be a disgusting abuse of power. The DA should be put in jail, the senator wrote. Uh, Trump announced over the weekend that he expects to be arrested by Tuesday. That, of course, came and went today. Um, Now illegal leaks from a corrupt and highly political Manhattan District Attorney's Office, this uh, coming from Trump, which has allowed new records to be set in violent crime and whose leader is funded by George Soros, indicate that with no crime being able to be proven and based on an old and fully debunked uh, fairy tale, the far and away leading Republican candidate and former president of the United States of America will be arrested Tuesday of next week. Trump had written on Truth Social. So now you've got, uh, you know, you asked people to step up well there there you go gop senator Rand paul's throwing up uh, a little bit of shade towards the manhattan district attorney alvin bragg so calling for him to actually be imprisoned maybe we can get a double cell for him and fauci together yeah no kidding hey uh real quick um this i don't know if you saw this coming out the other day from 100 percent fed up uh this this gentleman on uh march the 17th mitchell todd gardner 34 year old florida resident was arrested and sentenced to 55 months in prison for his role in january 6th uh for the quote-unquote insurrection in addition to his prison term the judge ordered gardner to serve 36 months on probation and pay a 3500 restitution fee he was found guilty on felony charges of civil disobedience, obstruction of an official proceeding, assaulting, resisting, and impeding officers with a dangerous weapon. Now, most uh, most of the uh, far left reported that part. What they left out was all the good stuff that, uh, well, turns out this gentleman, um, he's not really a Trump supporter. Turns out Mr. Gardner's actions sure sound awful like a member of the cop-hating leftist domestic terrorist group Antifa. Uh, turns out that in addition to wearing a black jacket, which is commonly worn by Antifa, he also believed Trump's candidacy is a joke and voted for Obama. All right, live from Studio 6B, Don Brown will join us when we get back right after this.
Studio, 6P, 30 minutes past the hour on a Tuesday night reel. America's Voice, glad you're in. Rick Delgado's got news. He's also got a What Even Is That coming up, I yes. believe, tonight. What Even Is That? Top of the hour. Don't miss that. Yes. You want a clue? Uh, sure. What's your, what is the clue on what's going to be? Has to do with hair. Hair. Oh, could it be me? No. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Very good. Uh, Slick Rick might join us uh, in the second hour. In the second hour, if he can get here, he's got an event tonight that he, I don't know if he's speaking or what he's doing, but he'll uh, hopefully join us in the second hour to get caught up on some sports. We've got a lot of news to get to. Um, we've got some video clips to get to. We've got an Is This English tonight to get to. Guess who that? Guess who uh, the subject of that would be? Oh, that would be the president of the United States, of course. But right now, Don Brown is a former U.S. Navy JAG officer, and he's the author of the book Travesty of Justice. He's a columnist, and he has a piece out this morning that I saw, and I thought it would be great timing to talk to him about it. So first of all, let's welcome Mr. Brown to live from Studio 6B. Don, how are you? Damon, doing great. Great to be with you. Big fan of the show, the network. Happy to be here tonight. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on short notice. Of course, thank you for your service to the country, as always. And your piece today uh, in The American Thinker is entitled Alvin Bragg's End Run around the Constitution. And of course, we talk on this show a lot about the left and they see the Constitution. They wrap themselves in it when they when it fits their narrative, but mostly they see the Constitution, obviously, as something that stands in their way to holding forever power. So there's a lot to talk about here with what we seemingly is going to happen tomorrow with the former president and then with an arraignment next week if this thing goes through. Of course, all, this, all the things today were still unnamed sources, but we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow. But I guess give, us, give me your overall view of what's going on, and then we'll get to the specifics of, uh, of your article here. Well, on overall, first off, thanks to the American Thinker and uh, for running the, the piece and also for Morningstar Journal News, Gina Harris over there. Hope it does, does some good. Here's the overall big picture, and I know we're – we're tight on time, so I watched, I watched my time, but I was having lunch with one of the 20 members of the House Freedom Caucus just around New Year's before they went back up, and I can't not liberally disclose the name of the congressman, but we're having lunch, and the congressman asked, he said, Don, what do you think, Trump or DeSantis? And I heard y'all discussing just before I came on. I said, well, you know, congressman, I like DeSantis, ex-Navy JAG like me, and I did a great job in Florida managing COVID, comparatively speaking, going after woke fought against mask and vaccine mandates. Everything looks good. But let me ask you this, Congressman. I said, given the choice between those two men, Trump and DeSantis, if elected, which of the two would absolutely cause the Democrats' minds to explode the most if elected? Congressman looked at me and said, I see your point. And I said, and there's your answer, Congressman. It's a matter of unfinished business. There's a reason they're attacking him like they are. And so that little story that I gave you leads into the segue of why Bragg and, you know, Fannie, uh, Fannie Ellis, Fannie Willis, excuse me, and Jack Smith and all these out of control prosecutors are doing what they do because they are scared out of their wits. They can't beat him at the polls legitimately. So they're resorting to, to lawfare. And so that was kind of the, the background of, of why I felt compelled to do the piece. Uh, but I was really wanted to take a look at this to try to determine what's his end game. The end game, as I as I point out in the article, is to look, there are about 20 states or so around the nation, including some big red states like Texas and Florida, that have laws on the books. And I'm not going to give a state by state analysis, but generally speaking, if you're convicted of felon, you can't run, or there are impediments to running. And so what they want to do is, you know, Bragg is cooking up a just a ridiculous attempt to 
to charge the president with a felony, as we know. And if he gets this felony and he's got, he's got a, a jury pool in New York, he's liable to get it if he goes through here, then what the Democrats will do, this will be the next talking point, the next step they'll take. They'll go into these states, in these states where there are, there are laws with regard to felons running, and they'll go to the election boards and they'll, they will seek judicial determinations that he's not capable of get, being on the ballot. That's where this is headed. And so I wrote the article in part to point out that that is, would be an unconstitutional maneuver. But as you pointed out earlier, they aren't the biggest fans of the Constitution. And so they're going to go into those states if they get their felony. I suspect they might, although it's a trumped up kangaroo type of charge. They're going to get their felonies. They're going to go in there and try to keep them off the ballot. I don't think it's so much a matter of wanting to lock Trump up so much into in the prison cell. They might like to do that as well. But I think this is a, a part of their, their, their corrupt chess game where the means justifies the ends no matter what to try to block them off the ballot. And so the thrust of the article goes there. I take a few swipes, Brad, if you've read the article, and I think it's well-deserved. And I heard what you said about Rand Paul earlier, and we got to get to a point where we hold these prosecutors criminally accountable. I don't know exactly how to do that. We got to do that because they're attacking the First Amendment. They're, they're attacking our election system. And uh, never has a former president been indicted. The only vice president ever indicted was Aaron Burr way back in 1804, as I recall. And, but there was a real crime there when he shot and killed Alexander Hamilton. But this is just Mickey Mouse junk. So I didn't mean to preach a sermon, but you asked a question. I kind of uncorked on you there. Damon, no, so. no, that, no, that's a good foundation. Uh, let me ask you a couple of things. And I think what you said is right. You have this local DA in a Democratic city, in a Democratic state, iron-fisted, one-party, top-down rule in New York. Um, and his hope is that a judge doesn't throw it out so that he can get, and get to some, like you said, some jury pool in New York. I don't think there's anybody here that would raise their hand if we asked them that we think President Trump can get a fair trial in New York City. Even even being a native New Yorker as he was and being so well known in New York and loved in New York before he got into politics. But do you believe that anything that happened on the on the trial court level would get overturned, though, at a higher court, even if we had to go through this kangaroo stuff? Well, I would certainly hope so. I mean, if I were representing the president, I haven't represented him. But if I were, the first thing I would do is try to knock it out on what we call probable cause, because this is a manufactured crime. I'd try to get knocked out on probable cause before it ever got to a jury. If it gets to a jury, those uh, those commie left wingers on that jury pool, you can forget a jury. Your peers in New York City and D.C. or frankly, in most big blue cities these days. Um, uh, but but I think that uh, the best opportunity, if you can't get it knocked down on probable cause before it goes to trial, is to try to get it knocked out on in the appellate process. But it's going to depend on you know who's sitting on those appellate panels, and there are a lot of unknowns here uh, that we haven't you know we haven't crossed those bridges yet. But certainly, I think that's probably going to be the best chance to try to nip this in the bud, and probably after the conviction, unfortunately. I mean, when you look at the fact that Bragg himself stopped this exact prosecution, you think about who was who was around then. You think about Mueller and that 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 right. band of uh, political fire starters. They they didn't even pursue it and bring charges to it. So does something no. like that work against him? Well, I think so. I mean, if you stop and think about it, uh, Bragg's predecessor, Cy Vance Jr., who is a point in the article, is the son of the. You know, the, the stoic, uh, sort of level-headed Secretary of Senator Jimmy Carter, Cy Vance Sr. Cy Vance Jr. did not pursue this. The U.S. Attorney's Office did not pursue this. And, and, and frankly, um, you know, federal election uh, crime is a federal crime. If, if there were one, there's not one here. And as I point out in the article, listen, I've done civil litigation for 30-some years, represented uh, Fortune 500 companies, been on both sides of these things. These uh, these uh, non-disclosure agree agreements are it's like rain falling out of the sky in a thunderstorm. Yeah, 
You see them all the time. How many have come really out of Bragg's office? I'll bet, I'll bet plenty. Well, I'm sure. I mean, if they get sued civilly, you dad, you dog all right, they're going to try to, to put in non-disclosure clauses themselves. And if somebody's out there and wants to think about it, it might not be a bad idea to hit the Manhattan District Attorney's Office with the Freedom of Information Act request on that very thing, on data on how many, how many non-disclosure clauses that Manhattan DA's office has entered into itself in dealing with civil lawsuits because these big governmental agencies and these big corporations that get sued, they don't want information out about it. So they throw money at it to try to keep the information out. And there's not a mission of liability. That's what this is at the end of the day. That's what Cy Vance basically recognized. And, you know, it's, it's better if we're a federal election commission issue, it's federal, not state. That's what the U.S. attorney recognized. But he's trying to cook something up. And obviously, he's going to get a lot of attention for himself. He's already getting that attention. Uh, in, in my article, I, I cited both uh, Professor Dershowitz and also Jonathan Turley, both uh, distinguished law professors, both Democrats, both got some common sense when it comes to constitutional analysis, though. And we've had a number of Democrat law professors basically saying this is beyond a joke. Uh, but I, I'm hoping that this thing gets not before it goes to trial and the probable cause hearing is going to be the best opportunity. We'll see who the judge is on the bench and a lot of it's going to have to it's going to determine who's on that bench, to be honest with you. Yeah. Damon. And as you say in the article, getting back to the article, you did, uh, as you as you referenced, you talk about the fact that getting on ballots in states Trump needs to win, like Texas, Tennessee, Florida, Mississippi, Georgia, Arkansas, Arizona, Alabama, all of which, to one degree or another, have laws prohibiting felons from seeking public office. That's the Democrat mindset. But not right. so fast, you say. Bragg has a problem. The United States Constitution. And I want to be clear on this because... A lot of people, a couple articles today, one in Red State that says the day that this happens is a very good day for Trump. You see him surging in the polls already. You would think the support we're going to finally, as the Republicans should learn how to do more often, like the Democrats do all the time, rally the wagons here, hopefully, around the president. And you make the point of saying when it comes to the presidency, Article 2 of the Constitution sets out only three basic requirements. One, the president must be 35 years old. Two, the president must be a natural-born citizen of the U.S. And three, the president must have been a resident of the U.S. for 14 years. Note the absence of anything about a felony conviction anywhere in the Constitution. So constitutionally, not even a Bragg-manufactured felony conviction can stop Trump from serving. That's absolutely correct. And that point's going to have to, to get out there. And maybe it starts right here in your show tonight. Uh, Damon, but you you cited the three basic requirements in Article Two, Section One, which sets forth the the, uh, the requirements of the presidency. A conviction doesn't prohibit it. There is no educational prerequisite. There's no religious litmus test prerequisite. Just those three basic preconditions, and you can be president. And so, what's going to have to happen if this conviction comes down? The uh, Trump campaign is going to need to go into those states and file what we call motion uh, actions for declaratory judgment to have those uh, those laws stricken in those states. And I, I believe that those laws are they bring up a serious uh, federal uh, you know constitutional implications. So I would go into the federal courts and seek to have them stricken. Uh, and my last uh, my last stopping point here would be the U.S. Supreme Court. I don't think. Uh, they can keep. Uh, they can. They can succeed in this. But here's the thing about it. You know, if you think about what happened during uh, President Trump's first term, you had two. You had two um, impeachments, just bogus impeachments. You had the president being investigated by Mueller. Then you had all these ancillary prosecutions by Trump associates like Manafort and and Roger Stone and General Flynn. Everything using lawfare basically to slow down and to block the administration from moving forward with its agenda. And uh, and so part of this is to do that as well, to try to tie the campaign down. 
We need to understand right now that, con that conviction or no conviction, this doesn't block President Trump from seeking re-election in 2024. Yeah. Well, it's a great article. Uh, we're going to post it on all our, so I think we already have, uh, it's on our, all our social media. And of course, you know, the sentence in here that everybody should remember, as you rightly say, why should the Constitution stand in their way? They never let it. So that's the thing we have to worry about. So, uh, Don, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you joining us. It's been great. And uh, I know you're right about a bunch of great stuff. And uh, we'll have you back on. Look forward to it, Damien. Y'all have a great night. Have a good one. All right. Thank you so much. Don Brown here. Uh, his article in American Thinker. We'll link to it on all our social media. Alvin Bragg's and run around the Constitution. Good stuff, huh? Yeah, definitely. Especially from a guy like that who, you know, he knows the law. You no know? doubt about and, it. And and so being able to kind of kind of see through the muck, you know, because all, all you get uh, are these, you know, oh, the source said this and source said. Yeah, but what's the actual law say? And, and to hear from somebody like that just kind of puts it all in perspective. Yeah, uh, good stuff. We'll link it on our on all our social media. Um, like you said, it's been printed in a couple places as well. I saw it in the American Thinker. We'll put it on there. Alvin Bragg's end run around the Constitution, which, of course, no big surprise there. That's what the Democrats do, right? Like we said, they embrace the Constitution when they can, but in, really what they want to do is use the Constitution to, to lay fire to the Constitution. That's what they really want to do. So, All right, live from Studio 6B. More to do on a Tuesday night. We're back right after this. We'll get to some of your comments in the getter chat. We'll do some more news and we'll hold out hope that Slick Rick will be here to do some sports. Thirteen to the hour, live from Studio Six B on a Tuesday. Man, I really like Don Brown a lot. You know, that is a that is a smart dude, right yeah, there. Yeah, he is a smart dude, and unlike DeSantis, he's a former Jag, um, former just, special uh, assistant to a. Uh, uh, he was did something in the uh, state attorney's office as well. Yeah, uh, but uh, or, or, or just, uh, federal. I, I, I forgot. It kind of dawned on me in the last minute, and I didn't have a chance to say anything. And it, 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 I think it dawned on Donald Budd in the chat as well. Now I know why you wore this jacket. Why is that? Well, you were talking to the, 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 the guest. Former special assistant United States attorney is what the words I was looking yes. for. Yes. That's why you wore the jacket. You don't wear it for us. You don't wear it for, for, for the, the people in the chat. You wore it for him. Well, no, I wore it for the people in the chat and for you. I didn't no, wear it for Don. Yeah. Dressing up for tomorrow, guess. I'm going to have another one. It's going to have sparkles on it. <laughs> Let's go to the rodeo. <laughs> You're still going to be wearing your open-toed sandals too. <laughs> yes, yes, I will. As a matter of fact, so. Um, well, no, it was good. It was great. Go read the whole piece. It's really, really good piece. And by the way, I went back and looked at some of the other stuff he's written about. It's good, good stuff. So we'll have him back on. Uh, Twelve minutes till the hour. Hour one. Slick Rick may join us in hour two. What even is that? It's definitely joining us in hour two. That's yes. coming up. We got some more news. And uh, just like I told you yesterday, just like I told you yesterday, after this, um, all of all these um, crackpot prosecutors around the country now are going to feel real cocky 
mm-hmm. after seeing what was Alvin Bragg was doing and, and, and exactly what's happened here today. I see this tonight, ABC News. Sources, special counsel claims Trump deliberately misled his attorneys about classified documents. The judge said there could be indications of criminal violations per sources. This is out tonight at 6.10 p.m. I see this as well tonight. Fulton County, Georgia is now contemplating lawfare to derail Trump's presidential run as well. So exactly what we said, all the rats are scurrying together here as they got the big fat lead rat um, trying to flex his muscle and none of them want to be outdone. So they're all going to try to re-up one another and one up each other. Yeah. But, but, but also what, uh, you know, it harkens back to what Don had said in, in, in the last uh, segment is that now they're going to go around the country and, and we've heard grumblings about this. They were going to try this. If we can get him, um, off the ballot because he's a criminal, he's been indicted. Uh, that's the only way they think they can win. Well, remember you can indict a ham sandwich as the old saying goes. True. So that means nothing. Right. But, but this is, this is how they think. And, you know, just another just another example of election interference brought to you by the Democratic Party. So I got but, news. Uh, listening to Don before we yeah. get to your news. I, I have to admit, I was Don got me a little concerned. Because I as I said in the opening of the show before he even came on, whatever happens in the trial will just get overturned. Well, I, I mean, he wasn't. I don't know, you know, because it's New York. You know, it just, he, he got me a little concerned about maybe that won't be as easy as I maybe thought it would be, that it, whatever happens here doesn't really matter because it'll get, I don't know. Even he mentioned Jonathan Turley. Jonathan Turley calls this legally pathetic. Uh, that's what he wrote today. Bragg is struggling to twist state law to effectively prosecute a federal case. But all of this gets overwritten and over you know, kind of thrown out the, all of the legalese and all of the common sense stuff gets thrown out because you're in New York. And this, and this is what the DA is banking on, that the judge doesn't throw it out and he gets to get to a jury. And then it doesn't matter if Jonathan Turley and all these people who, who, who actually know say this is legally pathetic because right. then all the legal norms just go out the window. And that, that's the danger of it. Yeah, because the fix will be in. They'll have the judge they want. They'll have the, the jury they want. They'll have anything they want because of the uh, because of the corruption that's within the judicial system in New York State. All right, let's do the news, and we'll get into more of what Jonathan Turley thinks of the hiccups here. Although the big hiccup may be where we are in in, in the state that this is being brought in, obviously for a reason. So, yeah. which you know what, which would give him uh, probably a good case to have it moved. But we'll see if we even he even needs to get to that point. Harvard uh, professor and lawyer Alan Dershowitz also piped in, saying that the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's reported efforts to criminally charge former President Trump over paying of hush money to an adult film actress is worse than Al Capone. This coming from Just the News, referring to how law enforcement finally got the Chicago businessman and alleged gangster 
behind bars for tax evasion. He said, this is worse than Al Capone because in Al Capone's case, at least they got him on a legitimate income tax violation. Dershowitz said about the prosecution of the mobster from 1931, the adult film actress Stormy Daniels was paid $130,000 during Trump's 2016 presidential campaign for an alleged affair earlier that Trump had denied. Dershowitz said... The Trump probe is also worse because the prosecutor had to make up a crime by pursuing a misdemeanor and a felony, both of which were beyond the statute of limitations and were not prosecuted by the previous district attorney nor the Justice Department. Dershowitz also suggests that Bragg's probe is politically motivated or at least targets Trump specifically. The law should first find out if there was a crime, he said, and then try to find out who did it. Not the opposite, uh, Dershowitz said. He also uh, criticized Democratic mega-donor George Soros for trying to corrupt the American system of justice by funding the campaigns of progressive prosecutorial candidates. So there you have it. Uh, you know, Alan Dershowitz, who, you know, he comes out on both sides. I feel like he's kind of a voice of reason from the left. Um, you know, say what you want about him. I mean, but- it's, it's, not, it's even worse than that, though. You, you had congressmen, as I said to you yesterday— Trump, by the way, wasn't even a public official at this time. Right. We had congressmen and senators who were using an illegal slush fund funded with taxpayer money to pay off every dirty deed that a lot of them were involved with. And here you have a non-disclosure agreement that companies do and pay all the time, by the way. When you come into a job, you sign a non-disclosure agreement because if you leave on bad terms, they don't want you taking the dirty laundry out to the public and every place uses them and every place pays for them. Yeah. And, and, you know, the use of one in this instance is the same that a lot of people use where, you know, they feel like they're going to be unfairly targeted in a lawsuit, but what's it going to cost them to fight it? Right. It's not an admission of guilt. Yeah. Is it going to cost me more to fight it or is it going to cost me just get, get me a number, just give it to them, whatever, get them out of my face. Um, and usually the rich guys go, you know what? I don't need to be bothered with this. Find a number. Everybody has a price. Stormy Daniels, lower price than, uh, Paula Jones. Um, you know, there taken care of, but nobody seems to remember that one. Hey, uh, this one's interesting. I want to get this one in before the top of the hour. Just the news editor in chief, John Solomon on Tuesday, that's earlier today is suing the justice department and National Archives and Records Administration, NARA, allegedly they have wrongly kept from public inspection hundreds of pages of documents chronicling the FBI's bungled Russia collusion probe that were declassified by former President Trump. This just broke a little while ago, just as we... I were- saw Mr. Solomon on this morning with Ed and Karen talking about this. Yeah. Not, not my understanding of listening to him this morning, not even that they're keeping it from him. They were in the National Archives, and now they're not, unless I heard him wrong. Well, Solomon's suit was filed, uh, and it alleged that the two federal agencies were violating the Presidential Records Act by keeping the declassified Russia probe documents out of the archives' official collection of the Trump presidency. Trump is the one who declassified them. Right. He and said, they should be in the archives. The lawsuit? Or, yeah, or they were at one point, and now they're, they're not. Yeah, the case is about two government agencies. Like I said, the suit includes comp- uh, contemporaneous emails from the top archives officials, and, and uh, he wants the he wants the declassified records returned by the DOJ as quickly as possible, so they can have fully uh, resealable set of records. So, we'll see what happens with this. We'll Gee, I wonder why off. they're not there. 
Could it be that there's something in there they don't want you to know? Nah. All right, live from Studio 6B, Hour 2 coming up. What even is that? And then we'll do some more news. Glad you're in on a Tuesday night. from Studio 6B, Hour 2 on a Tuesday night. Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Rick Delgado's doing the news. What even is that coming up here in a second? Geo Fran and Aaron holding it down. Lots to get to here in Hour 2. Is this English? We got some clips to get to as well. Chris Carter's got a piece on the banking meltdown. The Fed has been meeting today and tomorrow. And, of course, the Federal Reserve, will we, hear, we, we will hear from him tomorrow, 2 p.m., as we've all come so accustomed to these CPIs and these uh, FOMC meetings. Of course, before the last couple of years, none of us had any idea this was ever going on or had any interest in any of this. And now we've come to, um, well, to, to be so familiar with all of this CPI days. And now we have FOMC day tomorrow, 2 p.m. The Federal Reserve will come out and let us know what he's decided to do with interest rates, whether he's going to, now he's raised them 450 basis points here in the last year. The quickest raise in, in, in a long, long time, uh, a couple decades probably. And um, tomorrow he'll probably raise 25 basis points if I had to guess because I don't, I think if they pause, which is probably what they should do, given what we're seeing in the banking system right now, and we haven't even felt all of the raises. I mean, we've barely felt the beginnings of the raises that they did a year ago. We haven't even felt them all. And you've already got banks collapsing. Other banks worried. Um, so what they should do is they should pause and say, we're going to wait and see you know, how serious this is, what the problems really look like. But I think that in itself may give off the idea that we could have another, if not even 2008, maybe worse than 2008 financial collapse on our hands. That, that's what I was thinking. So I, mean, I don't if- think... I don't think they'll do that because I don't think they want to get, they don't want bank runs again. They don't want panic. They don't want, so I think they're going to raise 25. They're going to hang it on, you know, inflation still hard to fight. Uh, G- gross domestic product looks like it's going to grow at three and a half percent, which is still good. Unemployment's still low. That's good. So we still can fight this. And, and you know, the bank situation is a unique situation. I think this is what you're going to hear tomorrow. I don't think they're going to let on to how serious maybe these these liquidity problems in the banking system are. But um, you don't need to be a genius to know that there are problems. You can see what's <laughs> happened with the three banks. You can see uh, what's going on with J.P. Morgan and these other banks having to put liquidity into these other places. You can see what's going on with the dollar around the world. You can see what's going on with the DXY on the chart. You can see gold going up. You can see all risk assets, Bitcoin, and um, absolutely ripping. It's almost up 100%. Gold? 
Gold's over 2,000. Bitcoin's gone mm-hmm. from 15 to almost 30, 28 right now. Really? That's because people, as I've said, we need separation not only of church and state, we need separation of, of state and money. And as more and more people understand that they can custody and start, no one can ever take it from you. A lot of people are starting to take Bitcoin a little more seriously, given this is what it was really founded, made for after 2008. Trustless, permissionless, no third parties, no, um, you know, you buy it, you put it on a cold wallet, and it's yours, mm-hmm. and nobody can touch it. Nobody can take it away from you. And it hedges against inflation. And you start denominating your life in Bitcoin, it's a whole lot different than in U.S. dollars. And I know it's a hard concept for people to even think about understanding, but I think more and more people are, especially in these last couple of weeks. And I think it's going to continue. Unless we do see a full, a full meltdown. Which is not good for anybody, holding any assets. <laughs> no. Real estate started to roll over. Well, real estate already saw a big drop. I just heard that yesterday. So, so there's, there's, there's an important meeting tomorrow. We'll see what the Fed has to say. But all right, right now, it's time for one of my new favorite segments here on the show. And that, of course, is Rick Delgado with What Even Is That? All right. Well, thank you, Damon. And, uh, well, it's been quite a day now that you've, you've thrown in the money situation to it. From the news mm. of the U.S. border, did you hear about this one? That we're under attack basically on a daily basis from people on the terror watch list. Sure. Uh, to the Epstein scandal. Yeah, that's starting to make headlines again as J.P. Morgan Chase uh, finds themselves in a bit of legal jeopardy regarding that. To the impending arrest of your favorite president, Donald Trump. Hey, can you say perfect time for forcing a digital currency? Perfect time for forcing a <laughs> CBDC. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and if all that doesn't poach your potato there, then just check this out and see how hairy things are about to get. Harry? Yeah. Oh. Uh, let's check out the latest commercial from Amazon. Watch this. Yes. As you can see, it starts out simple enough with a company that prides itself on giving you access to everything making you believe that this young girl is probably suffering a bit. You know, she's a young teen hiding in a room because, well, she's got a mustache. Now, like you, I was thinking, ugh, that's terrible, right? Poor kid. I, I, I have issues too, but you know what? And you would think she'd be contemplating, well, what's the best way to get rid of that disgusting prickly nest under her nose? And I thought, cool. Look, Amazon and Eddie Murphy are going to help her get what she needs ASAP to get rid of that unsettling whiskered worm currently wiggling on her upper lip. Good for them, right? Okay. And look. Hmm. And look. Yeah, they use pictures of other people with mustaches, some women, and it's gross. But not so fast, because if you ask the question, wait, isn't Amazon a woke company and they're kind of all in on that let's eradicate women and try to make them all men narrative? Well, that would be a great question. Let's see what happens next, shall we? Well, as you can tell. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Turns out she didn't order a new razor or some wax to rip that squirrel tail off her face. No! Hell, she didn't even want order braces to fill the gap. That's because in keeping with their insane eradicate all women narrative, Amazon is trying to convince, or should I say program, its younger customers into thinking that a girl with a mustache is A-OK. So in fact, 
here she is celebrating it. Yeah. No. I mean, look at this. Really, what, what even is that? I mean, don't get me wrong. Cute girl, but her mustache is gross. As a matter of fact, any hair that is not on the top of your head is gross. I mean, just ask any woman, really. I mean, do you like hairy guys? Ugh, no. But now there's a commercial that wants you to celebrate a woman with a mustache? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. What's next? Telling us a woman with a hairy neck is really hot, too? Ugh, disgusting. And don't try to make this about Freddie Mercury, either. I mean, he's dead, and even he knew to shave his mustache once in a while. Sure, I could make the joke that it's about these young girls and, and they were born of hairy moms and need razors and braces and we all, ah, ha, ha, we'd have a hearty laugh. But don't fall for it, ladies. Men don't like hairy women. Hair is like feet. And no one likes feet. I actually love my feet. I think they're pretty exquisite considering that they're feet. And even I shave the hair off my feet. Why? Because, again, nobody likes to be hairy. I don't mean that hairy. But, you know, I'm sure that he's outgrown the 80s. Not even Harry wants to be that hairy. Ever get that one hair that gets stuck in your mouth? (laughs) Imagine that. Being a cat and now, well, you know what I'm saying. (coughs) Yes, look. Here's the bottom line, ladies. Men don't like being hairy themselves. So why on earth would they want a hairy woman? We don't like women with underarm hair, and we don't like women with those hairy leg stockings that they like to sometimes show off. And when it comes to bikinis for the summer, we don't like hair anywhere. I mean, let's face it. They have commercials for that. So do you think a guy really wants to kiss a woman who's got a Gomez Adams going on? Yeah, I don't think so. Again, this goes back to one thing and one thing only, trying to eradicate women. It's the craziest thing, but it's true. And somehow they've convinced real women that this is okay. Yeah, there's even a website devoted to women putting a stop to all this behavior for once and for all. But let's face it, the left is all in on the destruction of the family and our cultural norms. To them, being a woman is a feeling. It's no big deal. You can wake up one day and you can be one. To them, it's not special. Anyone can do it. And really, how insulting is that? Being a woman is more than just a feeling. It's more than just putting on lipstick and a dress. And it's way more than any of these guys could ever understand. But the pushback is happening, and hopefully the jig is up. And I think the left is starting to realize just how things are starting to turn against them. Just like any underwear-clad 82-year-old man at 2 a.m. with a glass of scotch in one hand and a ball-peen hammer in the other, they're going all for it. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. Yeah. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you that's talk- not acor- Wait. I, That's not according to me. Prime for what? Yeah, well, maybe he was talking about Amazon. I don't know. Talk about a company uh, that could be past its prime. Damon? Remember who you are. Back to you. He's definitely past his prime. <laughs> All right, Rick Delgado with What Even Is That? Um, is that a real Amazon commercial? That's a real Amazon commercial, yes. You sure? I'm... Totally positive. I thought it was crazy when I saw it, and then I had to look it up online. That is a real Amazon commercial. Okay. Crazy. But again, um, that's, that's, the, that's the narrative. All right. Is this English, G? 
If you've got, oh, I don't actually, I think it's G. I don't know if it's Aaron or G, whoever's at the board. Is this English? Biden needs a little help from the audience. Roll that. I'm proud to use my authority under the Antiquities Act to establish the, and I, I want you to know it's a big deal, the Havanaqua May. I, I'm, I'm having trouble. Thank you. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Even on the, a teleprompter. The what? I don't even know. What, what was he saying? It's a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's a, a big, big deal. deal. It's such a big deal. I can't deal. tell you what the hell it is, but yeah. it's a huge deal. It's a big deal. He can't pronounce it, even though it's written out for him. He had a couple of... He had a couple moments today, uh, teleprompter to Biden, nothing. Here's, uh, <laughs> here's another one. If you can throw up the screen here, here's another one from today. Richard Blanco uh, returned to a poem he wrote from the second inaugural of Barack and me. A poem, one today, it says, and always one moon like a silent drum tapping at every rooftop and every window on every... In, of every county, country. Let me start this over again. I'm getting so intimidated by being here. There's always one moon, like a silent drum, tapping on every rooftop and every window of one country, county, county. All of us facing the stars. Hope, a new constellation, waiting for us to map it, waiting for us to name it together. Richard Blanc. Let me, let me start this over so I can screw up the exact same <laughs> word for the second time in a row. All right, live from Studio 6 p.m. on a Tuesday. More to do. We're back right after this. Tough thing, tough thing during COVID. You paid your people, you pulled your business through the pandemic. And now doing the tough thing could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at COVIDTaxRelief.org. Boy, I've been hearing a lot of talk about this uh, employee retention program. Government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during COVID. This is not a loan. You do not have to pay it back. This program is complicated, though, but nobody knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts at COVIDTaxRelief.org. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work and then share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, qualify, including those who took PPP loans, even if you had an increase in sales. You did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let COVIDTaxRelief.org help you get up to $26,000 per employee visit covidtaxrelief.org 
That's covidtaxrelief.org. Covidtaxrelief, all one word, covidtaxrelief.org. All right, 18 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. Look who's joined us here. Who's that? Slick Rick. Rick Emirati, the man in teal tonight. Slick Rick, how was your event? <laughs> Great event, Big D. Sorry, running a little late, couldn't get out, but here I am, better late than never. If you noticed tonight, I took your place with the fashion. I say looking smoking, Big D. <laughs> okay. Looking so, good, buddy. A lot of people smoking. are saying uh, that maybe I'll take over sports. I just need a little more color, a little more pizzazz <laughs> and some more sparkles and i could go let's go to the rodeo what do you think about that i think you'd be great big d nah, you, know, you know you're right way around sports buddy uh, terrible come on uh, that's why you're here slick rick and uh let's do some sports and uh, sports is brought to you by our friend mike lindell and of course use our code lfs6b if you're going to shop there for easter if you're going to give easter gifts or um whatever use slippers is good for easter and things like that so Use our code LFS6B at checkout, 10 to 60% off some items. And if you're going to try the MyPillow 2.0, if you want to actually get a good night's sleep, sleep on a MyPillow, uh, buy one, get one free. Slick Rick, what's going on? Well, I did catch that uh, hair raising, what even is that, on my way in. And I almost had a <laughs> near miss on the ride home, right in. So it was pretty wild, Rick. So here we go, big deal. Let's get to the scores. World That's baseball. one word for it. Yeah. That's <laughs> either near or here or there. Anyway, World Classic Baseball Championship tonight. Japan and the United States. Right now, Japan leads 3-1 to one in the top of the sixth inning. Hopefully, the U.S. can come back and take that one big D. But it's a good victory for the U.S. just to get to the finals again. How you feeling? Japan. You sound like uh, Barry White, a mix of Barry White and Barry oh, Manilow here tonight. I got Howard. a little cold, but you know, I'm the guy that's, I got to push through. I've been pumping up on the C, the D, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good, baby. Okay. I'm doing okay. Thanks for asking. But uh, let's get to some uh, other scores in the sports world. We're NHL action right now. Rangers lead the Hurricanes 1-0. Ten minutes to go in the third over in the Garden. Canadians over the Lightning 3-1. Bruins lead the Senators 2-1. All these games are in the third. And the Islanders are up 3-1. End of 2 periods. Mr. Nolan's at the game. I'm sure he's rocking it. And the Kraken lead the Stars 2-1. to one. Uh, And uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, let's get to some good stories, actually. Big now, now, see, people are saying, D, you looked good right up until the time the Slick Rick showed up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just... I don't know. It's just that's a little vicious. Well, I see you got over ten thousand. <laughs> I see you got over ten. I got I got some I got some new boots. Oh, for you tonight. me too. I can't Whoa, wait to show my shoes tonight too. Can't wait to see. Wait to see these babies. Come on. Oh, I got some good ones. Goes Remember what suit. I said about feet. Oh, yep. no, no, no. Don't, don't listen to Delgado. Yeah. Don't you worry. Delgado shaves his feet. That's a lot of information. <laughs> anyway, here we go. New York Knicks legend Willis Reed passed away at 80 years old. This is a good one. Good, great player. Uh, Tim Bontemps of ESPN. Willis Reed, the legendary captain and star center for the New York Knicks, who led the franchise to its only two championships and was the author of one of the signature moments in NBA history, has passed away at 80. The Knicks organization is deeply saddened to announce the passing of our beloved camp captain. Willis Reed, the Knicks said in a statement issued on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Reed actually had a great presence with the Knicks, played over 10 years, two great championships, including the classic game in 1970 when he came out for Game 7. He had a bad, deeply bruised thigh, came out, scored the first two baskets of the game, set the tone, and the Knicks went on to win their first NBA championship. They also won another one in 73. Willis was a big part of that as well. He played with the great Clyde the Glide, Walt Frazier. He was my favorite. I was a little kid back then, but boy, Willis Reed, Big D, what, a, what an NBA play he was, and all the famer. He could give you a run for some dressing back in the day. Oh, Clyde? Yeah. Still, still today. Oh, yeah. Nah, he's Bumbling a- and stumbling. 
He was a rock star. Yeah. Unbelievable. So he was great. Great dresser. Um, unbelievable. So and one more quick story, Big D. Um, <laughs> Wyoming. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Uh, <clears throat> Wyoming becomes the 19th state to ban. Where's mine? Men. Listen. Gunga Din just walked in here. Here we go. <laughs> Wyoming becomes 19th man to ban men from women's sports. This is Spencer Lindquist, the Breitbart. Wyoming, Wyoming has become the 19th state to ban men from competing in women's sports. Men who are identified as women will be barred from competing with men, women in high school sports in Wyoming under new legislation. Uh, though Governor Mark Gordon did not sign the bill, he did not veto it either and instead allowed it to pass without his signature. This guy Gordon wasn't about to jump on and sign for it, unfortunately, but uh, the bill did pass, so good news for Wyoming, and uh, no more women, uh, no more men in women's sports. I'm glad to see the that. The governor wasn't going to sign it. Nope, becomes law anyway because he and didn't you veto you it. You wonder what? You want... <laughs> well, he called it draconian, which you know okay. is crazy. But uh, common sense here's is what your, we're here's your red it. states. You wonder mm-hmm. why we can't get anything. I mean, just exactly. And that's a wrap in sports. Big deal. I'll have a little bit more voice for the last segment. <laughs> All right, Slick Rick. Very good. Uh, we'll do some more sports with Slick Rick. Plus, we'll get his and my shoes ready for the end of the show since we are at, uh, I think, 11,000 now. I think I'd like to see 15 before I do my shoes. But uh, Slick can do his at 10. I'd do mine at 15 so or 20. <laughs> uh, Delgado will do his at 35. Uh, but let's do the news right now. <laughs> and here is the news brought to you by Early Treatment Meds, where Slick Rick needs to go tonight immediately and use our code LFS6B for high-dose vitamin D and probably some ivermectin to get some antivirals going in that system. EarlyTreatmentMeds.com. What's going on, Rick Delgado? All right. Well, this one coming from Just the News is Florida rep Kat Kamak says there should never be another bank bailout. And uh, you know what? I think she's on to something here. Um, Florida GOP representative Kat Kamak says there should never be another bank bailout after the recent bank failures because ultimately the price will fall on you, the American people. This is a quote. There should absolutely never be a bank bailout again. Uh, We saw the failures of that years ago, and now we're staring down the barrel of another meltdown and contagion because there's poor management. The two major banks, Signature and Silicon Valley, uh, failed just two days apart. President Biden then stepped up and said that the American people would not have to fix it with their tax dollars, making some skeptical. Kamak called the banks out for focusing on liberal causes more than actually managing people's money properly. There is more concern about diversity and equity and inclusion and this ESG nonsense than there is about actually getting a return, she stated. You had all these situations that just pointed to the lack of confidence in management at the bank, she noted. Now they're talking about, oh, we need to bail them out. You can't bail out the banks. The Florida Congresswoman also made a few suggestions about what could be done at the start to fix the situation using uh, pre-existing insurance premiums. So we'll see what happens with that again. That coming from uh, John Solomon's Just the News. And of course, Biden just uh, vetoed a bill that passed both sides of the aisle, by the way, dealing with just this, not allowing your retirement funds to be invested in this ESG. And Biden vetoed it. And it had support on both sides of the aisle. Which is obviously why he had to veto it, because it passed and went to his desk. Well, the bigger part of it, of what they took out, was that they... They had a stipulation in there that you that they had to alert the investors what what they were looking at and if it was ESG. Of course. And so they take that line out. So now you don't know what they're doing. Yeah, sure. You've, we've never seen anything like this. You're retired. You're hard-earned money, and they're going to use it to fund their left-wing uh, crackpot utopian projects. 
Yeah. Without you knowing. You didn't did you sign any disclosures saying that, that they can do this? No. When you give your money, you put it in some retirement, a four oh one K, a four hundred three B, and a Roth IRA, whatever you have it in. You want the best investments to give you the best returns to firm up your retirement. It's hard enough to get there. We don't have to work all our lives to, to barely get by. Most of us will have to do. But if you're lucky enough to even save a little, you want whoever you put that with, number one, to be of the highest um, trust and the highest judgment of the decisions they're making so you, they, you can get the best return on your money you could possibly get. I don't want to invest in this crap. All right, live from Studio 6P, we'll do some more news, more sports. Oh, we get back right after this. The Federal Reserve has started its two-day meeting with bleak expectations about Americans' money. After the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, Global investors are looking at Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve. All indications indicate a national bailout on the back of American taxpayers. Forget about the FDIC. They don't have enough money to cover the losses. Are we seeing the nationalization of the banking system? Some say yes. What people are really looking at right now are interest rates, which are in the stratosphere compared to what happened to the financial collapse in 2008. Listen to what Secretary of Treasury Janet Yellen still insists about the American banking system. The situation is stabilizing, and the U.S. banking system remains sound. The Fed facility and discount window lending are working as intended to provide liquidity to the banking system. Selling money has always been the most lucrative legal profession. Now that money is going to cost a lot more Hold on to your seats, people. It's going to be a longer ride than you thought. I'm Christopher Carter in Washington, D.C. All right, live from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour on a Tuesday night. It's been a great show. Glad you've been a part of it. Slick Rick's now joined us to do some more sports before we wrap. Uh, Rick Delgado's here doing the news. Geo friend. Uh, Aaron's holding it down. Glad you're in on a Tuesday. We interviewed Don Brown before. I thought I was feeling pretty healthy and looking pretty good when I interviewed <laughs> Don. Now, someone posted a picture. Gee, I don't know if you can, Aaron, you can throw this up of my interview with Don. But uh, I, I guess I didn't look as good as I thought. <laughs> I look like a... Uh, you look a little uh, green around the gills, as they say. <laughs> look, a little, look a little under the weather here. You rang. So, <laughs> You rang. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you got some funny people in this audience. So, uh, thirty-two past the hour. Um, he did the interview in a lurch. <laughs> uh, a couple of things here. Robert Costello. We brought a clip to you yesterday from him. Uh, cut one, Aaron. Let's get that ready. We uh, played this. We played a clip of Costello yesterday outside the courthouse. Uh, well, I guess he went on Tucker last night to talk more about his testimony and more about Michael Cohen. Uh, cut one, roll that. When I say once in a while, he did this at least 20 times and said, guys, I want you to know, I will do whatever the F I have to do. I will never spend one day in jail. Now, what he's saying is I'll lie, cheat, steal, shoot somebody. I will not spend a day in jail. Do you think a guy whose mentality is that? 
is going to not admit that he has information on Donald Trump. But having yeah. said that, the DA's office didn't ask me questions to bring that up. And I, I brought it up anyway. I, didn't, I ignored their questions and simply gave them the information. I'm hearing rap in my ear, left and right. Uh, I'll continue if you want, but... Uh, <laughs> well, I let me just ask you one, one sure. final question, if it's okay, Mr. Cassell. Sure. If, if you were the DA, if you were a prosecutor and you were trying to be fair and honest and serve the law rather than a political agenda, you'd want to know that, wouldn't you? Absolutely. And I told them and told the grand jury today, I was deputy chief of the criminal division of the U.S. attorneys for the Southern District. I said I wouldn't touch a witness like Michael Cohn for any amount of money. You yeah. simply yeah. cannot rely upon this guy. And tonight he was on another station denying that he waived the attorney-client privilege. Here it is in writing, yeah. and that's his signature on the second page. So that's unbelievable. I guess he didn't know that, and the district attorney didn't know that. And I told them, Michael Cohn has been in your office that's good, 20 Aaron. times. Uh, and, and, and here is the problem. Here, here is the problem, because, again, like Tucker just said, any normal place, any normal case, any normal prosecutor, any normal uh, district attorney, obviously all of this would matter, but the problem is it doesn't. There's going to be nothing normal about this. Norms are going to be thrown out the window. And uh, this, is, this is the show that they want. This is the show that they want. Well, what's interesting is that uh, <laughs> Trump seems to be uh, looking forward to turning the tables on them. I don't know if you heard about this, but he seems to be, uh, well, let's see. It says here, according to page six in the New York Post, uh, that he seems to be in high spirits in, in advance of his possible arrest and indictment. Sources say Trump even wants his potential arrest to be a high-profile affair for maximum exposure. The source said Trump's team, they're very pumped about this, I, I guess. Um, he says the Manhattan DA, NYPD, and even Department of Justice are trying to work out a quiet handover, coordinated with the Secret Service, but Trump is having none of it. If the indictment and arrest happens, he wants it to be public, they say. We're even told that Trump's people are planning to try and film and document it with their own camera crew. They, they've got, they want a shot of him in cuffs and will release the mugshot. They are looking forward to this, which is, uh, you know, I guess reflecting a lot of what people that, that have brains inside the Democratic Party are saying, look, don't do this. this is, you're going down the wrong. This is not the hill to die on. Because it's only going to boomerang. And it's so blatantly political. Yeah. That this is why the word, uh, this is why the word on the street is that the, supposedly the DA's office is in chaos with people going just like that. What, what are you doing? Now, the Daily Mail also tonight reports, by the way, this might be one of the other reasons, because they see this number expanding as it should. Trump takes a 28-point lead over DeSantis. Ex-president sees surge in support despite mounting legal woes as Florida governor dips to lowest point of popularity in new poll of Republican candidates. DeSantis garnered just 26% of support, according to a new morning consult poll, where Trump took home 54%. And I think uh, if this goes down tomorrow and then next week, and you take this poll in about another three weeks, that, that 54 will be 84, as it should be. 
Because maybe for once, I know you won't get all of them because some of them are so pathetic, but the Republicans will actually rally the wagons here. We know the MAGA base will. Oh, yeah. We know the always Trump will. We know the never Trump obviously won't. But that, that's, what, that's what people on the left, never, they'll never say it, but quietly, that this is what they fear. That what this guy's about to do is send his, send his um, it's kind of like a rally around the flag kind of moment. Mm-hmm. Rally, it's going to be re- same kind of idea. And send, a, send his popularity just skyrocketing. And e- even maybe with factions that, you know, are not, not always 100%. It's always Trump and, no ma- and, and you know what I'm saying? Right. Well, you know what it is, though? Because this, this type of, uh, let's face it, it's a political legal maneuver, um, is just exposing exactly what is wrong with the country. And it's and it backs up everything. Uh, he, he's he's batting a thousand. Trump was right again. He said this was this kind of stuff was going to happen. He said crime would shoot up. He said all these things. The, the, the economy is going to go go kaput. He he said all of what's going to happen is is now happening. It's almost like it's almost like he's a soothsayer or something. Um, and he's looking into his crystal ball and is like, oh, you know what? Oh, this is going to happen. And guess what? It keeps happening. And people can't, they can't like wrap their brain around it, I think, the people on the left, because they're like, yeah, but we hate him. You know, it's all emotion for them, but, but we hate him. So doesn't that mean anything? No, it doesn't mean anything. Because when you get right down to it, people know facts and what stares them in the face and what they see is happening in the border, what's happening in Ukraine, what's happening with the economy, what's happening with the banks, what's happening with crime. Everything that touches their life is a product of the government and the Democratic Party. Everything negative is their fault. They can't get away from it. And they think, well, if we distract them with a, a, a Trump arrest, this will finally, finally give us the win. It's not, you're not going to get the win. If anything, you're securing, you're securing your own demise. Of course, and it all coming from a prosecutor who, um, if Trump had gone into up to New York City and, and actually committed a um, major felony, he would be, he'd be, he would have got the charges dropped, as he's doing with other major felons in New York City. As you look at the uh, major felon numbers, 2021, 2022, major felonies that occurred in New York City increased 26%. I mean, the, the policies coming out of this office, this is what makes it so laughable. That all of a sudden, he's going to be Mr. Tough Guy with a case that he himself six years ago declined to move forward on. Right. And, and the funny thing is the numbers, the, the numbers for, the, for the crimes are up. But meanwhile, he's, he's reclassified a bunch of them, but the, but the felonies are still going up. Imagine if he didn't reclassify half of those. That number would be astronomical right now. But again, it's it's all hey, divert. Uh, let's not let's not let people see what's going on here. Let, let's uh, let's make sure it's Trump, 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 Trump. That's the only way we can try and do this because they can't beat them. They know they can't beat them. They know they can't win. Then they know the American people are on to them. Or I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, I I don't think you're wrong. I think you're right. I think the American people are on to it. Something so blatantly in their face. And as he always says. They're coming for you. They've just got to get through me, and I'm the only thing standing between them and you. 
and and to be serious, um, as Dove Fisher points out in the American Spectator today, and y- you know you read that report that Trump and his team are, you know, I don't know if the word you used was excited or whatever, <laughs> but I, I mean, and no one can be excited about being indicted. So I, I, I mean, whatever they're saying, they're saying, but but to be to be serious about it, um, as he's as Dove Fisher says, peril awaits the America that I love if the 45th president is arrested or even just arraigned. When a former American president is targeted by the politically despicable woke, we all face disaster. That's the truth of it. There's no jokes to be made here. There's no, I mean, I, can't, I know, again, I, I know they're saying what they're saying and whatever it is, it is, but there's mm-hmm. no feeling good about it. There's no, um, we should and will never forgive them if this happens. We have rules in the American game. As Mr. Fisher says, most of those rules are set forth explicitly in our Constitution, in our amendments, and in two centuries of binding judicial opinions, interpreting, adding to, deleting rules. One might call those rules America's written law. And then there, there are the unwritten rules. One might call America's oral law, the traditions that have been handed down from generation to generation. How can we know what these oral laws of America are if they are not written anywhere? Well, we just do. And one of them certainly would be this, that no former president, no human, quite frankly, goes through what he has gone through. And he rightly points out that there were many times, many places, that Hillary Clinton, if Donald Trump wanted to, with his Justice Department, could have locked her up, as the old chant that they had, lock her up, used to be. She perpetuated at least one federal felony, destroying evidence that was sought in a federal criminal investigation. That was a fact. There's no denying that. Whether it was bleach bit or hammers or everything else. 18 U.S.C. 1519. So... There's nothing about this that we should be looking forward to or positive. It's a disgrace. It's nauseating and it's disgusting. All right, we'll wrap it up. Sports and news coming up on a Tuesday. Back right after this. All right, 13 to the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Glad you've been a part of the show. It's gone fast. Sick Rick's going to do some more sports. Rick Delgado will do some more news. Geo friend Aaron holding it down as always. Glad you've been in. Uh, seeing all our usuals in the getter chat. Been fired up tonight. Uh, good stuff. I want to thank Don Brown one more time for joining us in the first hour. Great stuff from him. Go check out some of his writings. Uh, he writes some great stuff, and we'll have him on again. Slick Rick, let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B. That's your promo code to get you 10 to 60% off. If it's the MyPillow 2.0, it's buy one, get one free. 
LFS6B in the promo code at checkout. And we appreciate when you do use it. Slick Rick, what's going on? I want to thank everybody on the Get It Chat for all their remedies, Big D. And so far now, I got, uh, let's see, Cowboy Don. I'm going to have green tea with lemon. Okay. I'm going to have a honey jack chaser. Okay. Uh, yeah, good stuff. So thank you for all the remedies in, the, uh, good. in the chat. Yeah, good stuff. And uh, I figured I'd find a rodeo to go with this horse voice. I see what I did there. Rodeo Austin, Big D. Austin, Texas. Travis County Expo Center. Here we go. 11th to the 25th of March. Another rockin' rodeo. We just moved right up the road from Houston to Austin. Bareback riding. First round, we got a tie. Leighton Berry on Rafter G Rodeos. Ankle Biter. And Will Lowe on Butler and Sons. Uh, Neutrinas Tic Tac. 88 points each. Steer Wrestling. First round leader. Gavin Salio. Three and a half seconds. That's a good score. Uh, team Roping. JC Yeho and LJ Yeho. Yeho Brothers. 4.2 seconds. Saddle Bronc. Yo, Dale. Hey, uh, Stetson Del Reich, the great cowboy. 88 points on Rafter G Rodeos, Mission Bells, and Tie Down. Caleb Smith, 7.6 seconds. Bow Racing, Cassie Mowry, 14.94 tenths. And last but not least, Bull Riding. We got a tie. Tyler Bingham on Andrew Rodeos, Casper, and JB Mourner on Butler and Son Rodeos, Black Panther, 86 points each. $513,710 payout. Not as big as Houston. But a good rodeo, just the same over in Austin. Uh, let me. Oh, we got to get an update on that that baseball score. Doesn't look like anything happening there. Still three to one. Japan leads the United States in the top of the seventh for the World Baseball Classic Championship final game tonight. We can't wait, Big D. We got some big games coming up Thursday night, Friday night. NCAA Sweet Sixteen. I'm looking forward to that. We'll have oh, our picks. I'll bet you are. I need that. I'll bet you are. Lot of, down as much as you are, I would figure you'd be looking forward to uh, picking some winners. I'll be looking forward to picking some winners. Maybe I'll buy you a couple. you got to pick of... every game, I think, if, if I was standing where you're standing. Yeah, well, with that jacket, I'm hoping to buy a couple of encyclopedias after the show from you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Big D. Let's go. One more quick story. Magic Johnson joins 76ers owner Josh Harris in bid to buy the Washington Commanders. Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart. According to reports, NBA great Magic Johnson has joined 76ers owner Josh Harris, who needs to get his team a championship before he starts worrying about football. Uh, but they're in a bid to, to buy the Washington Commanders from Dan Snyder. Looks like they're going to be a sale there, Big D. Uh, they might get, might get approved as early as next month's uh, uh, NFL owners meeting. So yeah. we'll see what happens with that. A lot of money to be raised. So, uh, you know, it could be the Commanders maybe changing hands. And uh, anyway, that's a rapid sports, Big D. Back to you. All right, Slick Rick. Feel better tomorrow. Uh, feel better tonight and feel sound better tomorrow. So um, let's do some news and hear what the news brought to you by our friends at Early Treatment Meds, where Slick Rick's going to go tonight and use our promo code LFS6B for 50% yeah. off. High dose vitamin D, ivermectin, fluvoxamine, uh, whatever you need. They got it all. They got great stuff. Um, they got face cream too. They got some beauty products there, Slick Rick. I know you love your, you know, $400 a uh, inch or whatever an ounce, but uh, you should check out what they have as well. Uh, what's going on in the news, Rick? All right. Well, here's an interesting story. <clears throat> a little different. Um, page six is coming from New York Post. Uh, here's that a serial pooper has been stalking the halls of the legendary Schubert Theater. And the last time they struck, a turd appeared in the aisle next to Hillary and Chelsea Clinton. Uh, hold, on, hold on. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Check, check. Hello. What? What is this story? <laughs> what? A, a, a serial pooper. Uh, in New York City at the Schubert Theater. <laughs> Who, Captain Crap? 
<laughs> yes, last week when Hillary and Chelsea Clinton were in the audience, said a source, the lights came up for intermission, and there were two human pieces in the aisle just next to the famous political duo. The insider <laughs> added, the House crew dealt with the very, very uh, dealt with it very appropriately Was and Bill quickly. sitting on the aisle? <laughs> <laughs> and Hillary and Chelsea remained in the theater for the second act. I wonder if they checked either of them. Uh, the mother and daughter I... power players did not respond to a request for comment, but they were photographed holding up the show's playbill. A source close to the show confirmed the incident, telling Page Six there was an incident with Hillary Clinton and Chelsea where they attended. So... I don't it. think I can make it to the bathroom, honey. <laughs> Talk about the crap hitting the fan. Exactly. Um, Californians, this coming out of uh, just the news, a federal judge has ruled the Californians' handgun roster uh, unlawfully restricts the purchase of handguns to set a list of models and has effectively uh, denied residents the use of modern firearms. Californians have the constitutional right to acquire and use state-of-the-art handguns to protect themselves, wrote U.S. District Court uh, Carney in a Monday ruling that Breitbart obtained. They should not be forced to settle for decade-old models of handguns to ensure that they remain safe inside and outside their homes because enforcing those requirements implicates... Uh, the plain text of the Second Amendment, and the government fails to point to any well-established historical analogs that constitute with them. Those requirements are deemed unconstitutional, and their enforcement must be preliminary, preliminarily enjoined, he continued. So, some good news for Californians when it comes to the Second Amendment. Hopefully you'll be able to protect yourself with things that, uh, you know, aren't musket-related. You know, when it comes to firearms. And uh, that's pretty much all I got for news for the night. All right. Uh, Aaron, if you can, get Cut 7 up just before we uh, wrap. I just want to play this because, again, tomorrow at 2 p.m., we're going to hear from the Federal Reserve. And unfortunately, it's come to the point where all these things are extremely important in how it's going to affect your life. Here is the Treasury Secretary today at the World Bankers uh, World Crimi- uh, World Bankers uh, meeting or whatever it was. Cut 7. Roll that. And take an economy that is performing very well. We've had the fastest recovery from a downturn um, that we've ever seen and the fastest recovery of any nation around the globe. Um, The unemployment rate is near a 50-year low. The economy is doing well. (laughs) That's a good good blower up because uh, I, I I, I just, I don't know. I just when I when I watch her, I just think that she should be sitting with her grandkids somewhere around a pool, or uh, she should be out there at the dog track with Biden, or just I don't know. She's got to sit there with her prepared notes in her hand, stumbling through these sentences. Mm-hmm. We're talking about uh, a thirty trillion dollar whatever it is economy here in her hands. They've all screwed it up so royally. And I listen to her and I go, no, she doesn't convince me that they've got this under control. Sorry. She just doesn't. You mean you're not, you're not gaining that feeling of uh, safety no. and confidence no. from uh, the chicken lady? No. I'm taking all my money and buying more Bitcoin is when I listen to her. Because I know she can't touch that and screw that up. And she can't devalue it into, um, you know, like they're deva- they continue to devalue your dollar which pretty soon you're purchasing power at the rate they're going to have to go. You know, if the, if the S really hits the fan, if the SH really hits the fan here, and they have to start cutting rates substantially and start printing more dollars, and inflation continues, I mean, 
People who say that we cannot go into hyperinflation, I don't know what they're smoking, but they got it from Hunter Biden. Because to think that we couldn't get into uh, hyperinflation, it, it, it's, of, course, of course we could. I've heard that's, that, that potential would be a death spiral, basically. Right? With what? The, the hyperinflation and the continued printing of money. Well, you know, we're down, so we got to print more money. It's oh, like, well, yeah, I mean, it's at $32 trillion of fiscal operating debt that they're already at. This is a disaster. We'll see, what the, uh, we'll see what he says tomorrow. All right, as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, everybody on the show. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, G. Most of all, thank you to Live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. right here, live from Studio 6B.